0: Hey, you.
1: You're looking great today. Have a great day. We're just happy that it's uh, a new year and you're still here. So thank you, Horribles. From the bottom of our hearts, we really appreciate it. Hopefully you enjoyed our anniversary episode. You can find that list on Letterboxd right now. We will update it. I think we're going to wait to you know talk about it on the show the way we did this time. Uh, we're not going to you know try and rank stuff every episode. Um... But, you know, is is fun to sit down and go through everything we've done for the last year and, and talk about it. So I think that's what we're going to keep doing. In the meantime, you're going to get some crazy stuff these next two weeks. Because this was... Uh, these episodes were two episodes that were filmed... Uh, well, recorded back to Mac. Um, originally it was one episode. But it got real long, as we do tend to do. Um, and this was for Emily's birthday. We watched the first two Uh, movies of the Devilman anime franchise not Devilman Crybaby, we're talking about the original the OG, the 80's ass anime that is Devilman Um, you can find Devilman Birth and Devilman the Demon Bird, which are what we're going to be talking about the next two weeks on lots of places, I think there's some decent ones on on YouTube Uh, Emily insists on finding the seediest possible uh, anime sites online to watch it but you don't have to do that. You can check it out through YouTube if you want. Or you can go to CD Sites. We're, we're fine with either. But don't blame us when you get computer viruses, please. Um, but the the first episode of that is coming this week. And then we've got another one next week. We're joined by several of our buddies. We've got uh, Jamie Noguchi. We've got um, both Bronwyn and Steve. Uh, so it's, it's a fun time. Um, and, and we think you'll love it. Uh, so enjoy that. We're coming back with brand new episodes in a couple of weeks. Uh, but these are brand new to you guys, even though they're a few months old to us, but we know you're going to enjoy them. Uh, so until we see you again, stay horrified. Oh yeah. And of course you're going to want to know what you're hearing today. Uh, this is a bit from before our, our main recording, uh, with benito serino when we were talking about rare exports we got into a a long conversation about what we'd been doing for you know october with our slashers and benito had a lot of a lot of interesting and, and cool things to say about uh all that stuff so i wanted to make sure to preserve that and get that to you even though it didn't quite fit within the rare exports conversation but here it is now anyway go ahead and enjoy song goes, where are we? This is Digressively Horrified. Hey, Emily.
0: Hello. Hello.
1: Emily, Benito, Benito, Emily.
0: Benito, nice to meet you. How How are you? you? Nice to meet you. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Like, sure, I'm not my microphone isn't making that gong noise. I feel like it every so often it like there's a spring or something. I don't know if it's me, but every so often in the podcast, I hear like a ding. I hear it in other podcasts too. So Occasionally, it's me when
1: I go, inevitably, at some point, I get too expressive during the podcast.
0: Oh, maybe I've either way. Um, I mean, I've
1: seen you do it with yours before too, but yeah. You know. Get a little more clearance on yours.
0: Yeah, I try.
2: Well, I have, like, all this shit over here. Yeah. Um, I've got my handy-dandy football coach headset. <laughs> there you go. Nice. So I can loosey-goosey, still be equal distance to the microphone at all times. Yes, yeah, so you can I like cover your mouth with a clipboard
1: if you need to, so we can't know what you're saying.
2: That <laughs> not you can't. That, yeah you can't recognize my play calls or predict my jokes honestly one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is when people comment and they're like oh love this joke you made and i'm just like i have zero recall of having made that joke i'm gonna have to go back and listen i remember none of this
1: yeah every once in a while every once in a while i'm editing and i'm like huh, that was a funny joke i said
0: <laughs> yeah that's why i listened to back to it i'm like oh hey i'm funny There's i just- like
2: me we just produce so much content that it's like it's almost all a surprise hearing it back.
0: I I immediately forget a podcast after I record it. Like uh, honestly.
2: <laughs> honestly. Man.
1: And unlike I Benito, you said you recorded two yesterday and one of them came out already. Like, we're he, like Yeah, well we're for like a month out.
3: <laughs> we did we did a uh we did like a short, like 20 minute um intro episode just so we could be like, here's who we are and here's what the show is gonna be. And then we did, then we did like a 50 minute and I guess Matt managed to edit
2: really quickly. Wow. Yeah. There's always the delay. You remember the descent and I'm like, man, I've tried really hard the past month to not remember the descent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. What's the name of your new podcast, Benito? It is
3: called, it's called Friends Till the End. It is, uh, it is a recap podcast of the new uh, Sci-Fi USA Chucky TV shows, TV show.
0: Oh, that's going to be so fun. Oh, rad.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, there's already four episodes of the show out, so we're a little bit behind. How is it? It's good, man. I mean, if you like the Chucky movies, um,
2: which I do, um, the show is... I've only seen the first one for this podcast.
3: Oh, okay. Well, it gets pretty different from there. Like The thing about the Chucky Child's Play series is that it kind of reinvents itself every couple of movies and uh, in really successful ways, in my opinion. And now reinventing it as a, as a TV series is yet like the third, basically third reinvention of the series in a way that um, has been so far, far really successful. Um, it follows, you know, uh, like a middle school age cast rather than smaller children. So you, you get to look at more complex style relationships and you're getting, you're getting background on Charles Lee Ray that you didn't get in any of the previous movies. I, uh, cool.
2: I just watched the 1984 Dune movie, so I'm fascinated by just the weird career path of Brad Dourif.
3: Yeah, um, yes, from Cuckoo's Nest. Dune to oh. Chucky
2: e to Lord of the Rings. Well, Lord he's, of the Rings. He's,
0: so, he's got some weird shit. Like there's this movie that he does that is just him talking about his, how he's an alien and i think it's called the wild blue yonder or something like that and it's just him talking at the camera about how he's sad that he's an alien and he can't go back it's basically like the man who fell to earth but just brad de talking at a camera um and slightly like less things going on on the screen than in man who fell to earth um but fascinating
1: description
3: (laughs) have y'all covered uh exorcist 3 on this show no, we haven't done no. any of the Exorcists yet. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Exorcist 3 is the other good one, um, but Brad Dwarf is in that one.
0: Yeah, he's fucking fantastic in that. Yeah. That would be his bananas. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's really- At some point, we got to get to Exorcist. We yeah. we took October to cover oh, yeah. a bunch of like original slashers, so we finally did Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween and Child's Play and Saw, um, which... There's a wide gulf of quality in there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There really fucking is. For sure. Like, on the one hand, you got your Nightmare on Elm Streets and your first Saw movies, and then there's fucking Friday the 13th. Barely a film. Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) And then there's Halloween, which beetles its way to being good by default. Uh, I I genuinely
3: like Halloween a lot. Like, it's one of my all-time favorites, and it's definitely... Of that crew, that individual movie is like the highest high, right? Of as slasher franchises go, mm-hmm. but the most consistent franchise from beginning to end to me is uh, The Child's Plays because it's got a consistent creative vision. Don Mancini is has connect, been connected to all of the movies, so um, it's I got a consistent just, voice. Nice,
2: I was always just fascinated how these movies reacted to and played in the way like their relationship to Halloween from like mm-hmm. Friday the 13th being like we are going to rip this off kind of in a different setting, but worse to like child's play where it's like, this is now such an established formula. We can start like really playing with it. And we're going to throw like some eighties action movies, like motifs on top of it. And like, and just like, and just have fun with the formula.
3: Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, you've got, you got a full decade of copycat movies after Halloween, before you get the uh, child's play, um, in which you know tropes are developing and being established that can then be subverted at the the end of the yeah
1: i was I really I just, impressed because i hadn't seen child's play and in my brain i had kind of lumped it in with a lot of the similarly seedy horror movies of the time with you know oh for sure um, yeah
3: i mean i i could see absolutely from the outside i could see how you would view them that way and i i'm sure i did before i started watching them i i feel like i had a negative opinion of them before I was like maybe I'll sit down and watch these and then I was like oh wait these are
1: good actually yeah I, it was in so there I in my a... brain with like the doll masters and the ghoulies and yeah, things yeah, yeah, like yeah. that you know I, have a I was surprised by habit. by how good it was and how like co- a, a quality young actor in a movie like that makes a huge difference
2: yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah like honestly Jamie Lee like that is a role that would have been an utter like though, that would have been an utter nothing of a role for like nine out of 10 actresses and Jamie Lee Curtis like makes it. But, you know, I have a bad habit of just finding like one detail that I find absurd and then it's all and then just latching onto it and can't think about anything else. So what I couldn't get over was Jamie Lee Curtis not actually knowing that there's a killer involved until the last 10 minutes of the movie. Mm, yeah. That's funny, though. Okay, again, not in a, this is an actual criticism of the movie, just in the, wow, that's pretty, you wouldn't expect that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's all, I, and then it's, that's all I can think about, is it's yeah. like, if you do this movie just from her perspective, it would have been an hour and a half of like, man, some creepy stuff happened, and now I'm having a real boring night. Until it's not boring, but then it's just a few minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I'm always going to be a a sucker for nightmare nightmare is a wildly inconsistent franchise but like yeah Yeah, but the the Um, original is just so good and and i think the first four are all like really interesting um but the Freddy concept is so good to me and i'm a sucker for wes craven like he, he does whatever it's supposed to happen in my brain with like when a good horror movie happens, it always happens in West Craven.
2: Yeah. Of well, those original slashers that we saw, the, that first Nightmare on Elm Street, that was easily my number one. That was my favorite, was Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh yeah, me too. I recently saw um, both The Last House
0: on the Left and The Hills Have Eyes, and both of those movies, I'm like...
3: Well, and the other thing is, if you if you watch all of those, you can really start to see um, certain ticks that West Craven has in his movies, uh, namely... Mm-hmm. Particularly those three, the tendency of his horror movies to turn into Home Alones by the end.
0: Yeah, um, it yeah.
3: definitely happens in Nightmare. It definitely happens in Last House on the Left, and even to an extent, yeah, The Hills Have Eyes and People Under the Stairs. You end up with just people building traps for the monsters out of like scraps.
0: That was the nice thing about um, The Hills Have Eyes is that the real hero of that story was the dog. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
3: Red Eye is just that on Coke, basically. <laughs> like. Man, I, ha- I haven't seen Red. I haven't seen Red Eye actually. I haven't seen most of the like later. Well, I mean, I've seen all I've seen all the scream movies, but I haven't seen most of the later Craven stuff. I haven't seen I have seen Curse, the werewolf one.
1: Oh, I love Curse. It's so dumb. Curse. It's yeah, it's, it's very dumb.
3: <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it for the um for the werewolf flipping you off before he jumps up.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was the moment I think that won me over at that movie cuz I was watching it and I was like, I don't know about this movie. This is pretty dumb. And then the point where the the werewolf flips them off and then runs off, I was like, "Okay, all right, I'm in. I'm sold." <laughs> Well, like
0: Jesse Eisenberg for starters. Just the fact that he's there and the part that he plays, I'm just like, okay, this is interesting. And then the whole thing that the main character is literally the the assistant to the Craig Kilborn, like the individual, like it's within you know the reality of Hollywood. And there's like a there's a drama moment with Scott, like the the individual Scott Bakula, or not Scott Bakula? What was the other one? fuck. Joni loves Chachi. The the Scott Baio. Scott Bayo, Thank you.
2: <laughs> Much worse, Scott. I I thought was, I was going to say uh, Scott Bakula's. I said uh, Scott Forwardula. That's a real Glad bad. You dad, got that Jim. out of your system. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow.
1: know <laughs> that I'm killing myself.